Hello and welcome to the Fencing Podcast. I'm Gavin. And I'm Sean. And this is episode 40. Yay, we're officially middle-aged. Yes, uh, we should have a party. Uh, yep. Or maybe cry. I'm not sure which. Uh, certainly for my actual 40th birthday, I just largely ignored it and pretended it wasn't happening. Yeah, I had a party and just got drunk. Okay. And that way I could just forget about the fact that I was now 40. Yeah. Yeah, let's not talk any more about milestone birthdays. Yep, indeed. So, an action-packed weekend of fencing watching. I don't know about you, but I was up bright and early. Mm-hmm. To get the first first action of the day, at, oh, I think I, I got up at about five o'clock in the morning to watch the uh, about the last sixteen onwards from uh, Tokyo Men's Foil. So we've got a lot to get through with some more uh, women's foil, uh, the Doha Epic Grand Prix, and women's saber from Salt Lake City. Uh, but before mm-hmm. we get to the action, let's give our our usual thanks to our lovely sponsors, Liam Paul. Uh, hi guys, you make it worthwhile. Do indeed. Didn't buy us dinner for this episode, but we'll we'll let them off because we've got <laughs> uh, we have further plans for their for their lovely sponsorship money, which hopefully we'll be able to tell you about uh, very soon. Yes, indeed. And thank you also to our Patreon supporters. Numbers keep creeping up, and delighted to to welcome new Patreon supporters on board. But mm-hmm. uh, don't be shy, guys. We'd love to see a whole load more of you. Because I was working it out, we only need time roughly about a hundred times as many Patreon supporters as we currently have, and we could do this full time. Only a hundred times. Only that, yeah. Okay. So fine. we've got a bit to go. So, um. Okay. Join the family. So. Yeah. Join the family. Join the family. Oh, that's sweet. Mm-hmm. Okay. So onwards. Time for some action. Action. So at this time of the year, we're in some kind of weird glut where everyone's fencing all the time and it's almost impossible to keep up with it all. Well, it is in my life. I have a toddler. Yeah. But, uh, See, I, my, my offspring is no longer toddler sized. Mm-hmm. Uh, which meant I could spend almost all day over the weekend watching a, a ton of fencing, occasional commitments to do things here yeah. and there. But um, there was a whole load of it. Mm-hmm. What I would say, though, was I was so busy watching a ton of fencing, I was extremely bad at actually taking any notes about any of the action. Right. So this episode is going to consist of um, maybe a slightly more impressionistic view <laughs> of uh, all the action we're going to talk about. So yeah, We're um, not going to do this by mime. Uh, that's it's not not a great way to go about a podcast, no. but if I find myself really stuck, I may I may revert to that. Okay, um, and I think our first event is the is the big the big one from our perspective. Um, uh, certainly, if you're British yep. or if you're interested in men's foil, mm-hmm. then yeah, Tokyo's uh, Tokyo was a thoroughly good event. Yes. So let's do our our usual roundup of uh, our early departures mm-hmm. out in the sixty four. Alexey Cheremisinov, Carlos Yavador, Kalong Chung. Out in the 32, Kassara, Lefort, and Meinhardt. Six, last 16 departures, Safin, Masialis, Avila, and Lepeshu. A lot of big names mm-hmm. um, out well before the, the quarterfinals. Yep. And three out of the four quarterfinals were pretty straightforward, really. Yep. Kony beat Hyojun of Korea, 15-7. Can uh, I just, before we move on with this mm. one, is it, when was the last time Hyo was in a quarterfinal? Um, no, actually, I don't think it's that long ago. Well, that long okay. I'm struggling to come up with a, an exact competition okay, that's for fine. you. That's fine. Can I move on? It's, sorry, yes, go. go okay, it's, it's Korean. I got distracted by the Koreanness. Yes. Yeah. True. I know you, I mean, you've less less love a little bit for the Korean foilers than you do for the Epius. I'm trying to get better. Okay, good. Good. So, Racing Bowden put out Peter Jopic, uh, 15.7 also. Uh, Daniela Garozzo put out Timur Arslanov, who I think for the first time makes a quarter final at a, a Senior World Cup or Grand Prix. I think 
I'm going to put my money on this. I think you're absolutely spot on. I think it is his first time. Yeah, so uh, continuing his fine form from mm. the, the teams in Paris uh, to produce a, a very decent individual result with a Indeed. with a last eight here. Um, so the the exciting one mm-hmm. in the quarterfinals was uh, Richard Cruz against Miles Chanley-Watson. So Miles continuing to follow our advice and get some uh, decent individual results to, to boost his world ranking. But in this fight, he was he, he was a long, long way down. He's something like 13-6 down, and the fight really okay. um, looked all over. It was one-way traffic. Um, Richard was totally in control of things. Miles pulled it back a little bit, and then there was a, a break while Richard changed his jacket, which had started to conduct. Uh, Richard still going along okay, 14-10 up. And then a little run of hits from, from Miles takes, oh, it to, takes it to 14 all, which at one stage just looked absolutely unthinkable. Mm-hmm. Um, but Richard does eventually get the job done and, uh, advances to the, to the semi-finals, uh, which, you know, from my bias point of view was, um, was a great relief because it, it did look like he'd, he'd almost managed to chuck it away from a, you know a seemingly unsealable position. You know me, I'm totally unbiased. You know, I've done a bit of commentary now, so I understand we have to be dispassionate about these things, but I don't think we do in here. We can see whatever we want. All oh, right. It's the correct result then. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Good. I'm glad we've got that. Uh, uh, <laughs> glad you managed to maintain that, um, impartial, impartial view in the proceedings. Scientific. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very good. So on to our semi-finals. Uh, first semi-final in Bowden against Fukuni. Mm-hmm. Um, I expected this to be an absolute cracker. Two two fences in, in fine form. Yep. Um, they had a, a great semi-final in Paris, mm-hmm. uh, but in the end, it was really pretty straightforward. Uh, with Bowden well in charge of things, Fukuni really couldn't seem to get any sort of a handle on the fight. None of his couldn't get his attacks going. Getting picked off. Uh, a real, to be fair, uh, a real fluency and loveliness about um, mm-hmm. Bowden's attack and mixed things up well and uh, yeah it was um, a, a straightforward one really with Bowden taking a, a 15-6 win What's the head-to-head in Bowden versus Fukuni? Is Fukuni not one more now? I'd have to double check um, I'm not sure off the top of my head but I would think yeah recent, recently he's yeah. he's been on top mm-hmm. I mean as we've mentioned before Fukuni's kind of rise to the top has been fairly rapid over the mm-hmm. last couple of years so looking a bit further back in Bowden, you might think we'd have more victories sure. early on, mm-hmm. but um, it's a storm of victory for for race the fifty. Yeah, it was a yeah, it was a, a thrashing, and uh, yeah, Bowden looked in in fine fine form. Mm-hmm. Second semi final cruise against Garozzo. I was a bit nervous about this one because I've seen Garozzo give give Richard a, a bit of a beating a couple of times in the past, and while Richard's been in in tremendous form recently, I'm a big fan of Garozzo mm-hmm. uh, and thought this. This could be a, a, a real big problem for Richard. But yeah, the fine form continues. Garozzo makes double figures, just mm-hmm. about. But really, the result didn't look in, in much doubt after the kind of opening exchanges, really. Richard working his usual magic of encouraging fencers to to lose control of their attacks just enough for, for him to hit them and then and then close out, mm-hmm. mixing it up with a few attacks of his own just to keep the keep the fight honest. And in the end, really had... Uh, had had too much for Garozzo and looked uh, yeah looked the dominant fencer in the fight, and uh, well well worth a, a comfortable fifteen ten win. Yeah, it's very comfortable, and yeah, I, I, I don't want to say. Well, Garozzo keeps making these sorts of results, but not quite getting getting past at the moment. You're starting to worry that he's he's going to join the list of Meinhardt and Avila, who the new looks, looks great and uh, but doesn't win enough. But at least Garozzo's won something. He is Olympic champion, which is a. Uh, <laughs> It's something you can always you can you can always pull out of the bag. Yeah. And go, 
show me your Olympic gold medal then, mate. Exactly. Uh, which you can say to yeah, most most people that are, mm-hmm. are still competing. So yeah, I don't think he's got too too much to worry about. You're right though. I mean, he's he's uh, he's come close fairly regularly recently yeah. without without quite going all the way. Still feel that he's slightly still trying to get the sort of full handle on his his remodeled attack. Mm. Occasionally doesn't quite work for him. And against somebody like Richard who preys on moments of doubt in your in your attacking oh, actions, yeah. that's uh, uh, Richard's probably uh, the last fencer that he would want to to, to run into at this stage. Mm-hmm. So, on to the final, and again, happy to report Richard in, oh, I don't know, imperious. Well, is this the best form. form he's ever been in? Has he been better than this? I mean, in a better for- a better run of form than this? Better run of form, no. No. Okay. No. I mean, there are times I've seen him fencing marginally better than he did this weekend, and mm-hmm. this weekend was thoroughly impressive. I think Shanghai, not last season, but the season before, mm-hmm. It looked just absurdly easy. Mm-hmm. There's times here where he had to work hard and obviously had that close fight yeah, with yeah. Matt Chamley Watson in the last eight. But beating both Garozzo and Imboden, yep. both fairly fairly comfortably, really. Mm-hmm. That's two two big scalps to take in such a, is. a convincing way. And uh, considering I watched this, uh, it was never in doubt. He was yeah, I what, think that's fair. 8-3 at one point and then the first period was 9-5. Yeah. And then, I mean, race never really looked in contention at all. And in fact, to be fair, race looked a little bit flat. I thought, okay, um, so not really able to, not not quite. Maybe a better way of looking at it would be he'd been given a game plan and he was following the game plan and wasn't really dealing with what was really happening. So Richard maybe was, if they'd worked out what Richard was going to do, Richard was doing something different. Essentially, right. okay, okay. And to be fair, I mean, so some of the beauty in Richard's fencing is to make really good fencers look bad. Mm, yes. <laughs> so when you say that that uh, the race maybe looked a bit flat, mm-hmm. that's maybe not just just from his side. He's been been made to look flat by by a fencer on absolutely on top of his game. Yeah. So the end result on top of uh, winning yet another World Cup, and that's a tremendous run of form that he's been said that he's he's been winning winning regularly. If you look at his results, one Shanghai at the Shanghai Grand Prix at the end of last season, second at the World Championships, won the season opener in Bonn, last 16 in Paris, and then a win here. It's mm-hmm. uh, it's fantastic stuff, really. And, well, well may it continue. <laughs> <laughs> so the upshot of, of all this is that Britain has its first ever world number one in fencing. Richard Cruz finally rises to the very top of the pile. Finally, yes, finally. Yeah, we've been waiting a little while. Yeah, might might conceivably have have happened in Bond. Didn't quite make it. Mm-hmm. The fact that Fukuni retained his title in Paris and mm-hmm. Richard couldn't approve in the last sixteen that he got mm-hmm. last year, but finally, but it's delayed it. It's finally, now. <laughs> finally gets the job done uh, with with this win in Tokyo. It's an absolutely fantastic achievement for him and his coach, mm-hmm. yeah, Jamit Wojciechowski. I'm, I'm over the moon. Over the moon, yeah. Indeed. Uh, yeah, I was trying to find the phrase for, yeah, more than over the moon. It's uh, Delighted. an amazing achievement. Delighted Del- over the moon. Delightedly <laughs> over the moon. Yeah, I need to work on some some better similes. Uh, and kind of like from a, a sort of a public perspective, it, it means that we've actually got fencing in the news. 
We did, which was yeah. a bit, which was a bit of a strange experience. They still managed to get everything wrong, details wise, <laughs> in the article, but they got the part—the fact that he was number one. They got the essential bit. That, yeah. yeah, Richard Cruz is now the best men's foilist in yeah. the world. It's official because uh, I think I'm going to mention this because I thought it was hilarious because it actually says in the article that Richard beat him three two. Yeah. At which point I texted you and don't go three two. <laughs> what a boring fight that must have been. Yeah. No, no. I think what they've um, reported—they've clearly had a bit of a look at the FIE website and have worked out that the head-to-head record between the two of them mm-hmm. is 3-2 in Richard's yeah, favour. Indeed. So, good effort from the, the BBC, mm-hmm. but... You know, Try harder, guys. <laughs> well, glad for, the, glad for the coverage, and uh, it's a, a story well worth mm-hmm. well worth reporting. So, also, um, just as an aside, they could have picked a better picture. It was a really terrible picture. Go oh, and have, okay. go and have another look. That go right have another look. It's a really terrible <laughs> picture. <laughs> Uh, what I did think was interesting, aside from the assorted bits of coverage for for that, was Richard did a, a short interview, I think, for the British Olympic Association. All right, where he said, "Well, uh, said pretty much, well, it's nice to be world number one, but really, I'm interested in qualification for uh, for the Olympics." Yeah, now. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, so just that's that's good and everything, but uh, on to the next thing. Yeah, indeed. On to the teams, familiar faces in the in the semi-finals: USA against Korea. Mm-hmm. And Italy um, against Russia. Two pretty straightforward semi-finals. USA beating Korea 45-32. And Italy putting Russia back in their place. Mm-hmm. You know, they had a bit of a an, an upturn in form in winning Paris. Uh, but more more regular business here with um, Italy winning 45-29. And USA wanted to get things back on track after their tremendous run of victories in World Cups. Mm-hmm. Uh, they missed out in Paris. And want to get things get a run going again, but Italy were uh, were not having it. Italy were in in fine form. It was a really good final, close all the way. Uh, interestingly, uh, Garozzo on the bench throughout, uh, with Casara on all the way through, mm-hmm. along with Casara uh, all the way through, all the way through. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. It is um, along with Avila and Fukuni. Well, Charlie Watson also res- restored to the starting lineup for mm-hmm. for USA along with Massialis, Reese, and Reese. Yes, sorry, <laughs> complete, <laughs> a complete there. brain f- brain feed mm. there. And yeah, Italy taking a, a hard fought but but well deserved forty five forty three victory. Uh, mm-hmm. Really was good good stuff. Thoroughly yes. thoroughly professional performance. Something mm. that we uh, we talked about Italy producing in parts uh, yeah. in the final. Against Russia in Paris, uh, there was there was no letting up with this one, no no chinks in their armor. And who, it was who, just, was, who was the, the anchorman for Italy in this one? Uh, Fukuni. It was Fukuni. Oh, yeah, right. not Garozzo. No, no, no. As I said, Garozzo. Of course. Garozzo sorry, it's my turn to have a, a mental yeah mental breakdown. Yes, yes Gav, I just said that. <laughs> I just said that one. <laughs> it's my turn. So yeah, so um, Italy, Italy back on top of the podium as. Uh, as Avila, uh, so well, made me laugh anyway. Posted on on Instagram a photo of them on on the podium with just the comment, "Sorry for the delay." <laughs> oh, I need to check that out. Put a little red heart on it. Yeah, it was uh, it was a good one. And uh, Korea thumped Russia for third place. So so Russia back to back to being back to being yeah there thereabouts in amongst the all surrounds really uh, can you remember where France finished because I see France didn't uh, France finished sixth you'll remember the match of course where they gave Japan a thumping for mm-hmm. fifth place in Paris this time they, it was reversed Japan beat them reasonably comfortably on, on home turf because it's interesting to see Korea here in the last four again mm-hmm. yeah yeah 
because uh, the Korean men's foil team isn't, as you pointed out already, isn't actually quite as good as their other as their other uh, disciplines. No, but they're sitting third in the world cha- uh, world rankings. Yeah, that's what I mean. If there is, they've sort of sneaked in and they've they've really climbed the rankings recently. Yeah, so it does mean that if that doesn't change, that Japan would probably be looking to qualify as the highest ranked Asian country, right, outside of the top four. Uh, we'll, we'll need to go through a full a full rundown of how Olympic qualification works. But basically, your top four yeah. teams qualify, and then the top country outside the top four from each of the four zones qualifies. To be honest, to be honest, I already don't care. I, I can, mean, I can see your eyes glazing <laughs> over, even as I say that. Yeah, because it's at this point now where um, what, what I need is I need someone to make me a spreadsheet. So that's well, I, I may have the very man for you. Um, it's funny we, we I, do know a guy. I, I think we will. We'll try and get Mr. Dave Baker back on again to explain the yeah. the vagaries of Olympic qualification in a in single syllable yeah. words. I, I need it. I need it explained to me as I'm five years old. That's, Excellent. That's what I need. Excellent. Yep. That's that's something that we we probably all need because mm-hmm. it is uh, it's a complicated thing. It is complicated. So uh, that was Tokyo. Um, Tokyo. It looked fantastic as well, uh, and their commentators. Mm-hmm. Commentators were great. Couldn't understand a word they were saying, obviously, all in Japanese. But, but they were having uh, a great time. Clearly, yeah. Because uh, the, the bits that I've actually managed to catch up with, they're clearly having a good time. There's yep. lots of laughter and they're clearly cracking jokes. And it sounds great. I just wish I knew what they were saying. Yeah. But I'd, I'd quite happy to listen to that. It's good. Sadly, sadly, neither of us have a half a lifetime to learn Japanese. No. So I'm afraid <laughs> it's going to have to remain a mystery. Yeah. But uh, we, we heartily approve. Um, if they are looking for English commentators, though, we know a couple of people that would be willing to do that for them. Just, just, just I mean, we'd, we would just do it. It would be okay. You know, they just have to get us there and it'd be fine. Yeah. Anyway. Um, Accommodators, feed us lots of sushi. Yeah, it's just all a of bit, that bit stuff. Of sake. Yep, take me out for one of those crazy nights out where there's the, the, the dancing ladies on the robots. You ever seen this? No, I haven't. Uh, yeah, there's a whole thing you can do where you go to a big sort of bar thing and they bring you drinks and then girls in tanks come in and then they come in <laughs> on robots and they dance. Apparently <laughs> it's amazing. Okay. I've seen a video of it. It does look amazing. I've no idea what, what's going on, but it does look yeah. amazing. Yeah. Okay. So, so like much of our outside view of, of Tokyo, it, uh-huh. it looks amazing, even if we don't know what's going on. Exactly. But the fencing bit was great. Okay. So onwards, because we've got a ton of other stuff to talk, talk through. Um, what's next, Sean? Some more women's foil. Excellent. So early departures in the last 64, Innsbruck Bakery, uh, Nam of Korea, Bettini of Italy. Mm-hmm. Slightly disappointed to see her, her go, obviously, coming back from her maternity leave. She went out to Yuka Ueno, the young Japanese oh, right, fencer, okay. mm-hmm. which if you're, you know, if you're returning to the free, that's exactly what you don't want to see is some hyperactive, young, hungry. Yeah, she's really good as well. And she's tiny, if I remember correctly. Yeah, it's not big. Yeah. So yeah, Bettini departs in the 64. And the 32, three of the USA team regulars in Kiefer, Ross and Prescott and Camilla Mancini of Italy also mm. went out in the last 32. So, yeah, tough round for the for the Americans yeah, there. Yeah, I don't think Kiefer and Ross have not been... Yeah, they've not been up to... I, I'm a big... I'm a, obviously, I'm a big admirer of the two of them, but I'm yeah. not, they don't seem to be getting the results I expect from them. Uh, Lee Kiefer's gone close. Um, I think she was third at the last one. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, 32 is not a great result. Yeah. And Nicole Ross has looked just a little bit off, off yeah. form after... Um, showing some some real promise a couple of years ago, it's yep. not not quite followed up with cementing a place in the top mm. top half dozen, which looked like she might do it at one point. On to the last sixteen departures, 
Ebert of Germany, Harvey of Canada, and Miyawaki of Japan, which gave our quarterfinal lineup looking like this. Lisa Volpe of Italy beats Svetlana Tripina of Russia 15-10. Francesca Palumbo of Italy beat Adelina Zagadolina. Yeah, mm-hmm. going. I'm getting the hang of this. Don't uh, worry. Of Russia 15-6. Don't worry, Sean, my time's coming. <laughs> yep. Zora <laughs> uh, Tibus of France uh, beat Jessica Go of Canada. Now, I hadn't seen Go of Canada before, mm-hmm. um, but she's tiny, moves around, around a lot, uh, she had some good look, wins along the way, uh, looking at the results, but I can't remember off the top of my head who she did beat. Mm-hmm. It might have been her, actually, that put a Lee Kiefer, but don't, don't quote you on that. Don't quote me on yeah. that. But, yeah, big result with her, uh, mm-hmm. for her for, with, a, with a last heat, eight here, but uh, Azura beats her 15-7. Mm-hmm. And in the last of the uh, quarterfinals, Ina Deraglazova beats Anita. Well, we've been saying Anita Blaze, but listening to the commentary, uh, the French pronounce it as Blaz. But I'm still calling is, her Blaze. It doesn't sound nearly as good. But um, Anita Blaze is such a cool name. I'm calling her Blaze. Okay. I'm sorry, Anita. I, I really hope that doesn't offend you if you ever hear that. But I think Anita Blaze is a, such, a, such a cool name. We're going to stick with it, even though we know it's wrong. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> well, okay. Like she, a- she will get a mention again again later on when okay. we, we talk about the weekend. Uh, but a fairly comfortable win for mm-hmm. uh, for Derek over the 15-5, which gave our semi-final lineup of... Volpe against Palumbo, so mm-hmm. an all-Italian affair. It did pretty much look like a match between two teammates that are familiar with each other, uh, with with Volpe being the, the senior partner in this. Yes. And, you know, close up to, uh, I don't know, about 3-3 or something like that, and then steadily sort of Volpe stretches out a lead. Yeah, I've, I mean, I, I remember the, the first period finishing 10-6 to Volpe. Yeah. Uh, and thinking that it was a bit of an, an exhibition match. Oh, okay, that seems maybe, yeah, a little bit... Well, by that stage, certainly, I think the the result didn't really look in mm-hmm. doubt. Bloom was giving it, a, giving it her, her best effort yeah. and, and making it into as much of a scrap as she possibly can. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Volpe's largely pretty unflappable and it never really looked uh, yeah, yeah. like there was going to be a, a surprise mm-hmm. uh, unless something truly remarkable happened. Yeah. And it didn't, so it finished up with a... Uh, what was the score? Fifteen eleven. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah. So, so not a thrashing, but felt comfortable. She, she got close at one point, but I, I never felt that Alicia was going to lose it. If you know what I mean? No. You know. Yeah, so there's a little bit of calmly uh, handled, yeah. but yeah, never, never in doubt. Mm-hmm. Second semi-final, uh, Derek Lazova against Tibus. The final score is reasonably close, but again, this is one that from relatively early uh, never really looked in doubt. Derek Lazova builds up her. A, a pretty decent lead, nine four up. At, yeah, 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 definitely. Uh, at the first stage, I, I mean, my feeling was that Tibus was a bit too aggressive. I thought so. She moves well, and she's always working hard, but maybe wasn't quite dealing with Derekosova. If you know what I mean, Derekosova just what, wait, 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 patient, patient, patient. As soon as Tibu was kind of trying anything, she's just hitting her essentially. Yeah, from that point on, it's. Uh, I mean, she does have a, a tremendous defensive game. It is largely what her fencing's yeah. built around. She's got a decent attack, mm-hmm. which she uses uh, relatively sparingly at yeah. times. But it's it is hard work to break mm-hmm. down her defence. I mean, she was better at the World Championships yeah. uh, from a similar sort of diff. So I think she was ten five down or something like that, and then just went absolutely mm-hmm. crazy and scored a ton of hits in a in a real hurry. Mm-hmm. But this time, I'm afraid it. Didn't didn't really like happening. I mean, she rallied a little bit, got it back to nine six, but really she could never land enough of her attacks to to make a date no, in the no. in the fight. And there was an interesting moment uh, when 
Derek goes over when it was it was the hit to go fourteen ten up, and then there was a video review, mm-hmm. and it went on, and it went on, and it went on, and they were clearly looking at it over and over and over again, and then it was Derek goes over hit. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. I mean, she's a she's a model of calm. Yeah, indeed. And that's uh, and it worked very well. Yes, so it's, it's it's super efficient. Mm-hmm. So on to the final, Derek Zova, world number one for donkey's years now mm-hmm. against reigning world champion Alicia Volpe. Yeah, Volpe gets to the traps pretty early. Goes a couple of hits up, mm-hmm. four two up, and holds on to that lead at seven six at the first. First break, yeah, um, pretty pretty delicately poised, but you always get that feeling with Derek Lozova that she's just waiting. She's she's analysing the data, yeah, exactly. And is it a spreadsheet? <laughs> yeah, it is. is. A spreadsheet I mean, happening somewhere. Um, uh, yeah, there's a, a strong hint of that. I know we I know we joke about spreadsheet fencing, uh, particularly in Epi, mm-hmm. but yeah, someone's someone's looking at the at the numbers, yeah, uh, pretty pretty thoroughly in Derek Lozova's fight, and it always comes up. Pretty much always comes up with the same answer, mm-hmm. which is a Derek Lozova win. Yeah, and that's exactly what happened here. I mean, Vol- Volpe doesn't give it away by by any means. It's you know they're they're level eight all. Uh, Derek Lozova pulls a pulls a couple of hits ahead. Yeah, but um, Volpe drags it back to twelve all. Mm-hmm. But Derek Lozova never never loses the never loses the place really. She even at twelve all, it looks like she's controlling the fight. Yeah. And uh and Julie gets it finished off with well, a, kind of, I, with I a got, 15-12. I got a sense of that because even though Volpe kept getting ahead, she always kind of looked like, I need to get more ahead than this. I need to be much more ahead. Yeah. You could get that sense that that's what she was thinking. I need to be more ahead than this. Yeah, it's I was thinking about this after the after the weekend about why Derek Lozova wins all the time. Mm-hmm. And it's because her level is so consistent. She doesn't make a whole load of mistakes. Mm-hmm. Her fencing is always a you know these sort of top top fencers, you have various degrees of performance. Yeah. Absolutely outstanding. Mm-hmm. Very good. Yeah. Good. Yep. Quite good. Mm-hmm. And if you go out in the first round, just kind of ordinary. Yeah. And Daryl Gazova, her level hardly ever drops below very good. Yeah. So fences like Tibus and Volpe, they will occasionally hit that kind of excellent level, mm-hmm. but it's very hard to produce that f- for an entire fight, which is really what you're going to do Indeed. in order to get past Derek Lozova. So as soon as the level drops, it doesn't just drop down to very good, it drops back just to good. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, at which point Derek Lozova's in charge again. Yeah. It must be it must be a bit dispiriting because uh, you're giving it your all and then you don't get very much from, from Derek Lozova at all. She just feels very calm the entire time. There's there's elements where she, you can see her go, well, yeah, get the hits off, but there's, yeah. there's, she's not, there's, there's not a huge amount of fireworks going on. It's it's strictly business. Yeah. And a very successful business. Indeed, indeed. Can't fault it. Yeah. And so, yet another Derek Lozova win. Yeah. I know I, I know. I never sound enthused when this happens. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I'll try, try my best to admire her fencing and I, I do genuinely admire what she does I admire her consistency and the professionalism and the the business like nature of it all but I just still can't quite get my head around the fencing in terms of like I can't like it right you know there's, there's something attractive about the way some of the other fences fence mm-hmm. just the ruthless the ruthless efficiency of it just doesn't sell it to me it's, 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 it's not enough spectacle not enough yeah not enough spectacle yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, so we'd like we'd like him to become wildly more inconsistent. And to be absolutely to be absolutely clear to everyone listening, that problem is with me. It's not with Anna. She's clearly happy with what she's doing. Absolutely, yeah. And can you, <laughs> you can know, you blame her? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, she's just fine. Yeah, she's not crying herself to sleep at night when when we say that we're not huge fans of the way she fences. Exactly. Yeah. So onto the teams. Mm-hmm. A real scrap. Now I didn't watch as much of the team stuff from this one, mm-hmm. so um, I did I did only watch the final. So I'm going to kind of skip past uh, semi final action. France edging out USA with a 45-44 win there. Got to think the Americans aren't happy about that. A final hit loss is never going to feel good. No. um, Especially when you've just become world number one Mm -hmm. in the teams. And in the other semi-final, Russia beat Italy. And that that was an Italian team that saw the return of Battini and Di Francesca. No Rigo, because she was off uh, doing her thing in Salt Lake City with Sabre. Um, (laughs) Last 16. Yes, indeed, Mm -hmm. indeed. But we'll we'll get to that later. So the Italian All Stars almost fully restored for this one, Mm -hmm. and yet Russia still still beat them relatively comfortably, forty five thirty eight in the semi final. A proper scrap in the final of the of the teams Mm -hmm. uh, between France and Russia. France got got a bit a bit of a lead up. Anita Blaze slash Blaz was the was the standout performer in the first. Two legs that she right. fenced, uh, put in a couple of really strong performances then, particularly against Eric Lozova. Yep. Mm-hmm. Beat her something, I think it was like 8-3 in that leg. Wow. That's impressive going. Yeah, absolutely. So stretched out stretched out a decent-sized lead, which the, the Russians chipped uh, away at. Uh, Blas had a, a bit of a less stellar performance in the third last mm-hmm. leg, which largely surrendered the lead that she's played such a big oh, right, part okay. in... Uh, in building up, but yeah, pretty much neck and neck going into the mm-hmm. into the last couple of legs, and in the end, Isora Tibus against Ergozov in the last leg, Isora with a couple of hit lead going into the going into that fight, and thoroughly keeps her head. Oh, good. Finds finds ways to break down Ergozov's fencing. I mean, Ergozov still a very fine fencer in teams, but she's she looks more vulnerable in there. I think the short format doesn't suit her as well. Right. Less time to crunch those numbers. Exactly, yeah, yeah, maybe that's what it is. So um, in the end, uh, France emerged with a, a hard-fought mm-hmm. uh, 41-39 victory. Uh, and that, that win, uh, their third in the bounce in World Cups this season, takes them to the top of the world rankings. Wow. So number one number one team. Italy, uh, top men's and women's football then. Is that right? Am I remembering? No, no, France. Oh, France, France sorry. Another, yeah. another moment, Yes. France go top of the top of the world rankings in women's football. Well, they'll teams. be delighted. Yeah, should be. It's a, it's a fine performance. They've looked uh, they've looked yeah. great. Should, uh, I should apologise to the, the French Federation. They might well be listening. Sorry about that, guys. Quite right too. <laughs> and in third place playoff, Italy beat USA forty five thirty seven. I'm sure we'll see more of that of that Italian team with uh, irrigo shaped reinforcement mm-hmm. to to bring it up to. Full strength, full full predicted strength <laughs> in the in the run up to Tokyo. Mm. Um, so that was Sam Moore. And now, when did I watch Sam Moore on my Saturday and Sunday? That was the that was the second of the four events that were mm-hmm. were on. That was kind of my middle of the day <laughs> middle of the day watching for. I'm sure your uh, wife was very tough. A lot of the time, I was doing the ironing, so I was making myself kind, oh, of, right. <laughs> kind of useful at the same time, which is a, I think one of the reasons why why I got away with it to some degree. Yeah. And of course, the early morning stuff from Tokyo. Um, the the rest of the house was in complete silence, mm-hmm. so <laughs> I could have been doing anything. So, almost to Salt Lake City mm-hmm. for a bit of women's saber action. Yes, first the uh, first time it's done in Salt Lake City, if I remember correctly. Um, yes, 
Because they do this weird thing where they swap U- it around. USA hosted World Cups tend to move around. Yeah. So I think the, the men's foil... Oh, no, sorry, the foil Grand Prix that's happened in, in the USA, I think, for the last four seasons now, has always had a different venue. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure this year... Last year was in Anaheim, and I'm not sure if... Whether they're again or whether it's 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 somewhere else, um, who knows? Sort of west west coastish, but yeah, Salt Lake City mm-hmm. this year, been in New York before, yeah, somewhere else last year, but yeah, Salt Lake City this time. I'm I'm sure it was lovely. Quick run through of our early departures. Mm-hmm. Do you want to do our early departures for for Salt Lake? Did you watch any of this? Uh, I did watch some of this. Yes, I did. See, you getting the hang of the saber watching. Yeah, yeah. You enjoy uh, it? Uh, I enjoy it more than I understand it. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, that's probably the best balance. Yeah, I mean, we could talk about this later, but I think, yeah. I, I, anyway, I'll, let me do the. Let, I'll do the early levers then. You, you were expressing a few concerns before we started recording. Yeah, I'm just not not sure. I buy some of the stuff I hear about Saber, but anyway, in the last sixty four, we have Olga Carlin. It's a bit mm. of a shocker, if you ask me. Yep. Choi of Korea. Uh, Martina Criscio. I think it's how you pronounce that, of Italy. And then from the Americans, uh, Monica Aksama and Mario Zagunas. Yeah, both hit in 64. Yeah, so that's uh, that's not a happy happy day out for the Americans at all, I would have thought. Uh, out in the last 32, we've got Bianca Pascu of Romania, Dagmara Wozniak of USA, again, not a good one, and uh, Rosella Gregorio of, of Italy. Yep. And then as we move to the last 16, uh, we lose Manon Brunet of France. And then... The one, the only, Ariana Arrigo. Yep, our, our Arrigo watch turns to Salt Lake City this weekend. Yeah. Could have been in St. Moore, but the, the mm-hmm. pattern, well, this season and last season, was that when there's a, a, a women's foil and a women's sabre event on mm-hmm. at the same time, that Arrigo will do the do the sabre event. Last 16 is a pretty good result, but this is the Grand Prix last season where she actually finished second, so she's going to drop yeah. World Cup points uh, oh, really? as a result of this mm-hmm. uh, this last 16 it's still a pretty, still a pretty decent result. Mm-hmm. So that means our quarterfinal matchups are uh, Sofia Velikaya of Russia versus uh, uh, I'm not sure you pronounce this one, Kim Jion that's, of that's Korea. Yeah, uh, and uh, Sofia takes that one. Takes oh, sorry, I'll say it again. Takes that one, fifteen twelve. Does indeed. A mm-hmm. uh, second one is Cecilia, or oh, our friend of the podcast, I should mm-hmm. say, Berder uh, of France. And she beat uh, Sofia Pozniakova of Russia, fifteen eleven. Yeah, Pozniakova, the reigning world champion, of course. Mm-hmm. It's a good result for Cecilia. Mm-hmm. Our third one is uh, Anna Martin of Hungary. Uh, she bo- uh, she uh, defeated uh, Theodora. G- I can't pronounce this. Is this is uh, a G- Contura? Be- Contura, yeah, Contura. I think the the G is largely silent. Is it okay? So let's try it again. So Theodora Contura of Greece. Well done. Uh, fifteen eight. Yep. So it's quite comfortable for, for Anna. And then our final quarterfinal was uh, Irene uh, Vecchi of Italy against uh, Lisa Pushtai. Now, interesting that you should pronounce that Irene Vecchi because um, I realised <laughs> I made a, a terrible blunder for which I would like to apologise with okay. my Italian name pronunciation yes. in the last episode. Mm-hmm. We had an interview last time round with Rhysam Bowden that was carried out by our friend from Pianetta Sherma, um, Ariana. Mm-hmm. And I'm Utterly ashamed that I managed to mispronounce her surname. Mm-hmm. I was so confident at how the <laughs> how the name looked on paper yep. that I would pronounce it correctly. Yeah. So my humble apologies to mm-hmm. Ariana Skarnekia. <laughs> yes, indeed. I will try harder. Mm-hmm. Um, we thought we were bad with our Hungarian name pronunciation, but it turns out um, we're just about as bad with the Italians. Well, I did point out to Ariana that our Italian pronunciations probably come from American mafia films. 
It so, may well be that. That's, that's <laughs> probably what explains it all. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's still no excuse, really. Yeah. So our final matchup. So the first fight will be Berder versus Velikaya. Mm. Now, this is an interesting one, but not for the right reasons. Oh, well, I thought it was interesting even for the right reasons, but you're right. There's well, a, it was interesting for the right reasons, but the, the, the first part. There's a there's a, a bad bit, yeah. yeah. Uh, a massive long break um, at one all. Yeah. You time you, you reckoned it was 10 minutes. 10 minutes. Um, seemingly some sort of problem with the, the video review system, mm-hmm. but it does mean a whole lot of two fences standing around the piece, yep. uh, looking bored and waiting for something to happen, Yeah, which is, is not a strong look for, for anyone dropping no. in to the... YouTube live stream to to catch a a bit of exciting later stage action. No, and you could tell they were doing things like switching things on and off again because you could see the lights all. It was just it was just awful. Well, I mean, you work in IT, Gav. You know that that's the standard (laughs) procedure. Something not working, yeah. Yeah. Switch it off. Leave it for a bit. Switch it back on and again. If that doesn't work, you can try and track me down. I'll be off having a coffee. Exactly. It's my experience of dealing with IT issues. But the worst, the, I think, the worst part about this one was you have your your ten minute delay. Hmm. Then the ref comes out and goes abstain. Yes, that's right. <laughs> yes, because he'd, he'd gone off to check a check a video review. Yeah, yeah, and eventually comes back, shrugs, back on guard. Yeah. yeah, so it was a bit of an anticlimax after <laughs> all that. It was, yeah. But once once we finally got got back to the action, the action was actually superb. Yeah, it was, it was pretty decent. Yeah, better in fine form, very physical, very aggressive on the attack, mm-hmm. and. Yeah, large, largely seemed to unsettle Velikaya was what yeah. was what I felt. The, the way she kind of kind of dances about like a like a boxer getting ready to ready for the bell to ring uh, yeah. before she comes on guard. Yeah, um, just like you know a fine a fine middleweight ready to go and mm-hmm. you know knock seven bells out, <laughs> out of her opponent. <laughs> she actually fell over at one point and rolled straight into Velikaya. Yes, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, certainly her attacks when she goes full tilt off the on guard line. It's just right on the edge of being in control. Yeah, it's good. It was good stuff, actually. I thought she was. You're saying she, she was uh, quite intimidating. I felt she was pulling Velikaya out of shape. Yes, there was a lot of movement, and uh, Velikaya was was ma- trying to manage it, but not quite. And that was what was really giving uh, Berder the, the opportunity to score with whatever it is she was scoring with. Yeah, I mean, she scored with quite a, quite a variety of things. Mm. Really, the um, the super aggressive attack off the line. Yep. Um, successful for her catching uh, Velikaya just being just a little bit slow getting going mm-hmm. uh, quite a few times but it was it was actually the, the defensive work from uh, from Berda that really sort of swung the fight yes um, I felt I mean she she had a bit of a lead at the break I think she was 8-5 up mm-hmm. and then she took a big parry post to go 10-6 up yep and then a stop cut to wrist yeah, to go eleven six up. It was a beautiful stop cut to wrist. And then they, <laughs> they kind of traded a few hits in the middle, uh-huh. which Berda came off better out of. So it yeah. was thirteen seven, and the fights you know badly, badly got away from. But mm. really, the, the clincher uh, to go fourteen seven was um, Berda retreats. Velikaya chases after, mm. and she's so doubtful about what to do with attack that yeah. uh, Berda's able to make a stop cut to head. Yeah, and and Velikaya is kind of frozen in this. Yeah. Kind of, great, I, great I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do here. Yeah. Oh, I know what to do. Uh, let's, let's, mm-hmm. let's get this over with. Yeah. <laughs> let's get out of here. Yeah. And and in the end, uh, uh, a one a one light hit to finish it with a, a 15-7 win, which is yeah. thoroughly convincing against that, uh, against seven, somebody of the quality of Velikaya. Yeah, and it was a seven-two round for for Cecilia that second period. Seven-two. Yeah. 
It's, uh, yeah, so it was quite quite a, quite a thumping, I think. Yeah, it certainly ended up that way. Eight five, he still felt the fight could go. Yeah. could go either way. It's saber, but that's that, what happens, isn't it? But so, that kind of that that run of uh, mm. glorious defensive hits was what clinched it, what took the the mm. fight away from uh, from Velikai in in convincing fashion. It was a uh, really impressive. Mm-hmm. So on to the on to the final mm-hmm. and. Uh, we've got, actually, hang on a sec. We've, we've, mm. got, we've got another set, a semi-final to talk about. We've got uh, Vecchi. Oh, sorry, Martin Vecchi. Yeah, so we've got Vecchi. Yeah, yeah, so we've got, well, we've got all this good stuff to get past. Um, <laughs> uh, we've got Vecchi versus uh, Martin for the second semi-final. We do indeed. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, sorry, Martin charges it to an early lead 5-2 up. Mm-hmm. Uh, looks, looks in fine form. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not pretty sure quite why, but I don't remember seeing Anna Martin fence that recently. And she seemed more more physical and less less technical than I, I remember her. There's a, a genuine sort of power and reach in her, her attacks, which she hasn't always. It's not it's not my memory of um of her fencing from uh, from the last time I time I saw her. She's yeah. big, very tall. Yeah, well, listening to John Selfie talk about it, he pointed out that in the past maybe her game had been kind of sort of quite defensive. And what she's done, she's worked in quite. Yeah, aggressive. It's, her, it's her strength. Her yeah. strength is her defense, really. Yeah, and but she's worked really hard on her um, her attacking game now. So you, you're probably seeing the result of that, which is like you're just seeing much more of an aggressive sort of side to it that maybe wasn't apparent beforehand. Okay. I, I'm like you though; I'm, I can't remember. If so yeah, yeah, but uh, yes, yeah, my mental image of her fencing mm-hmm. wasn't entirely what what I saw in her in her match against Vecchi. I've got some great pictures of her doing pyroposs. Cool. Mm-hmm. From from Leipzig. From Leipzig. Ah, okay, yeah, I do. But uh, Vicky scraps away, uh, picks up hits in the middle of the piece, yep. levels it at five apiece, and uh, Vicky actually goes into the break eight seven up. Mm-hmm. So again, this is another one that's uh, you know turning into a, a proper scrap. I mean, it's been yep. a weekend of, of great close matches that mm-hmm. uh, could could go either way in the in the middle of the fight. Level it level at nine apiece, and then. Martin stretches the lead out again with some some really big big lunges, either yeah. attacks on preparation in the middle of the piste or totally. having having pursued Vicky down the piste and and reaching her with a lunge which seems yeah. you know inconceivably big, mm-hmm. Korean like in its Korean like <laughs> <in> its enormity. <laughs> it's an enormity, and at that point she goes well. At that point she's twelve nine up and yeah. she's she's fully on her game now mm-hmm. and and closes out with a fifteen nine win. So it's yeah. a a fight that was uh, entirely taken out of Vicky's hands and the yeah from from nine all and and Martin. Finished the fight so strongly, I really thought, well, yeah, this is uh, a bit of everything here and yeah. uh, a, a more complete Anna Martin. I agree. I really, actually, I quite enjoyed this one because we seesawed back and forward for a while mm-hmm. before Martin really stamped, put foot down and said, no, no, this is yeah, actually really my, my victory. Yeah, indeed. Indeed. So, this time, on to the final. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Thank goodness you pointed that out, Gav, because as I said, my, my notes in this have been, my note taking has been extremely patchy. Okay. But still, missing a, a complete semi-final would be, would that, be, would be quite, that would be quite yeah. poor. Yeah. So our final here is uh, Marton versus uh, Berder. Yeah, indeed. Flying start from Berder, a load of reposts to mm-hmm. go six-two up. Yeah. Early reposts, reposts at the back of the piece. Yeah. Marton's attacks that I'd, I'd admired so much in the semi-finals that looked so effective, suddenly not looking quite so great. Just a little bit more, a little bit either overcommitted early, mm-hmm. uh, which allowed Berder to pick the blade up. Or not quite getting close enough, or and fully yeah. committing um, at the end of the piece. I felt um, Berdera was just able to read it, so I don't know if she was maybe giving herself a touch more room just to give herself time to see the attack start. 
but she was clearly able to read it at this point. I yeah, thought. yeah, it was a, a strong, strong start, and it, mm-hmm. it did look like Marton had kind of lost lost her touch in the attacks a little yeah. bit. Better, as you say, reading reading mm-hmm. where things were going well, but then Marton sort of rediscovers her her, her range in the mm-hmm. attack, finds uh, finds a, a kind of a, a better rhythm, more conviction mm-hmm. when she really goes for it at the, yeah. the end of the piece, which she kind of lacked in the early part of the fight. And and we're back to all square at six apiece, and Martin actually edging ahead to to go to the break eight seven up. Mm-hmm. Actually, I've got to say that the that the, the that hit to edge ahead at eight seven, yeah, uh, to take the break was interesting because it was the only time I'd seen in, in these fights Bird just pause, and that's what allowed Martin to pick her off. Yeah, it was quite interesting. I thought, oh, when when that happened, I, thought, I was wondering exactly what was going to happen next because I was wondering if there was doubt creeping into Cecilia's game. Yeah, maybe so. I, I, I see what you mean. Having having gone out to that early lead mm-hmm. and being pinned with a few a few big animart on attacks. Yeah, yeah, I, I can understand why. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody just only thinks, hmm, yeah, yeah, maybe maybe not the fight I had in had in mind here. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you were looking for a bit of weakness on the attacking side from yeah. from your opponent, so the start start of the second period, a lot more action in the middle of the piece, and certainly was a, a run of hits where. Both fencers either go, go simultaneous or yeah. go go forward from the from the own guard line. Mm-hmm. Uh, less variety and less movement up and down the piece. Mm-hmm. Things that seemed to turn things around because Berda was largely getting the the better of that action in the middle of the piece. Uh, was a was a really good video review by uh, by Marton to to get within one uh, yeah. at, at ten eleven down. Which I think if that had gone the other way, that would have been a, a sort of decisive decisive gap. Mm-hmm. And then we had, and then we had a, a counter push from Berda to to reestablish a, a two hit lead. It was, yeah. a, was a was a great hit. Is this is this the one I've written down here and I've underlined it? A lovely is this is lovely. I've written here. This is lovely. I'm sure that was a compound counter counter repost. There was one where yeah, Berda probably is yeah pushed Marton to the edge of the piece. Yeah, and there was a post followed by a compound post with, with another compound post. I think it's slightly overcomplicated, but certainly com- there was uh, a, a massive exchange of blades. Anyway, yeah, to to get a twelve ten lead, and then a couple of again good use of the video reviews from Cecilia Berda. She she did seem to get more than just the two that you're entitled to, though. Got two in the trot there where called the video review. Yeah. And and get some right, mm-hmm. but I I think there's a certain well they're they're almost tightly monitored yeah. in terms of how many video video reviews you actually get to use in Sabre. Mm-hmm. It seems to be that if the referee thinks you have a make a reasonable sort of request yeah. about yeah I'm not not convinced that's right I'd like you to go mm-hmm. to the video then it will go. It's this whole Sabre culture thing. <laughs> Rules are for the other weapons, mm-hmm. which uh, took. To see that a fourteen eleven win, and you thought, well, yeah, maybe that's maybe we're all done, but um, not quite yet. Marton dragging it back to back to fourteen apiece, and yeah, yeah it's, it's anybody's guess yeah. at that point. Fourteen all, both go. Look to me as somebody who knows very little about Sabre, mm-hmm. like Bera's attack. She certainly looked very convinced by it. Mm-hmm. Marton looked like she was ready to call it a day. Yeah, went away and had a look at the video and looked at it a lot. Yeah, I was in love. It was like, well, what's the hang- what's the hold up? Yeah, yeah. And I, again, I was a slight worry. Oh, please, please don't let there be some sort of terrible technical hitch, which means we're <laughs> going to be hanging around for ten minutes again while yeah. they fix it at fourteen all. Yeah. But in fact, they were just looking at the video review a lot, mm-hmm. and in the end, they come back and abstain. Yeah, which is again another bit of an anticlimax. A, a little bit, a little the, bit. But yeah. thankfully, 
thankfully it finishes off with a brilliant parry repost uh, yeah. from Cecilia Berda to take the win 15-14. Mm-hmm. A good finish. A good finish. A good finish. To a, a kind of up and down uh, event in terms of how it was presented uh, as a result of that big break. Mm-hmm. That abstention at 14 all. Yeah. That's what your video review is for. I think, um, just thinking about this, I've been complaining about the fact that, that the presentation for the new rules, which we're not going to talk about right now. No, it's, uh, it's not the time it's saving. No, no. no. <laughs> um, uh, is, is not good. And I think this is something, this whole thing with video reviews is something that the FI could tighten up on as well. They should have some way of noting down that's visible. They do. How many? Visible on the scoreboard. Are they? Yeah. Oh, I, I have a close look at the scoreboard things. I can't tell where the, what the notch is. It's supposed to tell me how many video replays uh, replays there are. Yeah, it does. Right, it has it under, underneath the score mm-hmm. uh, for each fencer. Starts with two. Get one wrong, down to one. Uh, okay, sorry, my mistake. Yeah, they are there. They, they are, are there. there. I mean, it's not big, but it is. It's there on the on the FI scoreboards, mm-hmm. and uh, well, okay, just seem to be entirely ignored in a lot well, of cases let's, by, let's, let's, by let's saber a, referees. Well, let's put it this way: let's be a little bit more professional then about that. Okay. Yeah. But again, it's one of those things that the Sabres seem happy with it. The referees largely seem happy with it. I mean, saber is difficult to referee. You you probably want to, you know, as long as the defences are not having a laugh and just, you know, sending you off to have a look at the video every hit, mm-hmm. then it's probably a a compromise that works reasonably mm-hmm. well in the real world. Somewhere in the world right now, there's someone listening to this and they're picking up their FI rule book and they're throwing it at their their podcast looking device and say, no, there is a rule book and we stick to the rule book. <laughs> it's the only thing that there is. God damn you people. Yeah, I may be wrong. Any. I mean, but, but that, yeah, my, my impression is that it says you have two video reviews. Effectively, if you're, if you're not having a laugh about it, then wow. you have almost infinite video reviews. I'm happy to be corrected, but that just, that's just more crazy see we're talking. Right. <laughs> <laughs> says the epiest. Yeah. <laughs> Teams, I'm afraid... By the end of Sunday, I had I, I, I finally had fencing fencing watching fatigue, so uh, I didn't watch any of the team action from uh, from Salt Lake City. Mm-hmm. Quick quick rundown of what happened uh, there, if I can find my bit of paper. Uh, a few a few interesting results in the last eight. Quite often, don't talk, talk about the quarterfinal matches and the teams when we're we're running through the results quickly. But China beat Korea forty five forty four in the last Ooh. eight, which is a bit of a surprising one mm-hmm. um, and Hungary beat Russia 45-40 interesting uh, Hungary's a, a good team with Pustai becoming sort of stronger with every yeah. every passing season as she continues to sort of mature from being a sort of little girl in the Hungarian team just yeah. a, a season or so ago she's still not old <laughs> uh, what 18 or something yeah, I don't know 19 yet it, fair enough it, you know? it is ridiculous so that gave our, our semi-final lineup. France against China, with France taking the win there, 45-37. Mm-hmm. And Hungary, following that win against Russia, with a, an equally comfortable 45-37 win against Italy. So uh, a final of France against Hungary, uh, with France taking a 45-42 win. Ooh, close. So another win for France. Yeah, indeed. So it's it's turning into a, a pretty decent weekend for the yes. French already. They lose. And yeah, more, more stuff mm-hmm. still to come. And Italy beat China for, for third place, yeah. 45-40. Good stuff. So that wraps up the action from from Salt Lake City. Mm-hmm. Now, were, you want, were you wanting to have a rant about Sabre? Or, oh, no, uh, have you <laughs> Have you had, had enough there? I've had, I've had enough. I mean, like, I just listened to some of the things that people say about Sabre, and I just don't find it convincing in the slightest. <laughs> okay. 
I just think that the, the sort of the focus on some of the, the the detail work that I hear people say when you have two fencers and the referee basically says, "Ready, set, go," and at go, you know, one of the fencers wiggles a toe, and the other fencer wiggles a pinky, and then one of them wiggles an ear, and then there's some light passes through the fifth dimension, and a hit comes up. And that's the kind of level of detail you're getting, and I'm just not convinced by a lot of things. Yeah, the, the hit will be against the one that wiggled the pinky. Exactly. Everyone knows that, Gav. Yeah. I'm just not convinced about that stuff. And I, and again, it's like you, you were saying there about the, the sort of saber culture, about the, the sort of the informality of some of the stuff. I just find that a little bit weeding. But that's mm. kind of. <laughs> I'm an epiist. I do spreadsheets. Yeah. My thing. Yeah, embrace it, Gav. Embrace mm-hmm. it. It's a, it's a wonderful world. Yeah. And that means it's time for the big boys. Yeah. <laughs> Uh-huh. Uh huh. Because it got grumpy on the boys uh, and girls, big boys and the big girls. Because uh, that's happy. Yeah. Uh, and we have the the Grand Prix in Doha. But before we go to the action in Doha, I'm going to actually just give a big shout out to the the Finnish fencing fans. There's a Finnish language. Uh, I'm afraid I haven't listened to it because I don't speak any Finnish. Uh, podcast called uh, Mia Kalu podcast i think it's how you okay. how you pronounce it which i believe means fencing podcast and wait a minute British, indeed <laughs> and they accused us of being uh the london copy <laughs> which i pulled <laughs> them up on london copy yeah. indeed yeah so um so i just thought i'd give them i thought uh, i'm going to mention a quote from them later on which i thought was the best description of an epitome yeah it, it was a good one though on on twitter and it, it was how this has a finish, finish, finish fencing podcast came came to our attention, but yes. it, it, it is a goodie. It is a goodie. So we'll come back to it that. It just slightly spoiled the surprise, though, of, <laughs> what's, what, what of the I'm report of the about. competition. Yeah. So we'll, we'll get to that later. But in the meantime, let's just let's just talk about Doha itself. Let's do our usual thing. We'll, we'll go through the the early levers. Uh, I'm actually because it's an epi tournament and it's like a bazillion people turn up mm. for these things. I'm going to start at, actually at the one two eight because there's some interesting ones in the one two eight. Oh, they better uh, be interesting, guys. Yep. Uh, Diva Roli went out in the one two eight. Ah, okay, fair enough. Uh, Berta went out in the one two eight. <laughs> okay, Daniel Berta, Bar- uh-huh. Bardenet. He went out. Sorry, Bardenet. He went out. Right. Okay. Uh, Kuomo. Right. Banyai. Okay. And Anokin. Okay. So basically, all the guys who were superstars at the last competition are now rubbish again. And they're all rubbish out in the one two eight. Yeah, they're back to their where they should be. <laughs> okay. Some of them I expect will we'll see again in the later stages before too long. It's, it's epic as well. These guys last for about hundred years. Yes, true. Yeah. <laughs> So out in the last 64, uh, we've got uh, Ruben Lamar de Gascon uh, of Venezuela, Alex Favre of France, Curtis McDonald of the USA, mm, not quite. M- McDonald, not McDonald. Awesome. McDonald, apologies. Yeah. We, uh, <laughs> taking to correct our, our mispronunciation of names more, more seriously now. Well, it's not just a mispronunciation, it's just a complete ignoring what his name actually is. <laughs> so sorry about that, Curtis. Okay, so that should be an easy one to fix then. Yeah, but he's not quite following up on his previous form, which has been pretty good recently. Mm, yeah. Pavel Sukov of Russia, uh, Enrico Garazzo of Italy, and uh, poor old Paolo Pizzo of Italy. That's another 64. I'm not convinced he's fully over his injury, although there's no hint of that in his, his social media, but he's Well, not... he, had, he had quite a long time out, came back for the World Championships, made the last 32. In the competitions this season, he has consistently made the last 64 or better, without any brilliant results. I mean, it's been a mixture mm-hmm. of 64s and 32s. But in competitions where you have 250 to 300 plus fencers, mm-hmm. even consistently making the last 64 or last 32 is extremely hard work. Well, yeah, of course. Um, of course. So all he needs is a, 
a, a couple of days where he just takes that couple of steps further. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't get the feeling it's far away. Yeah, well, we'll see. You know, I, I quite like Pisa because he's, he's, he's a, such a character. So, yeah. Uh, anyway, into the last 32, our early leavers here are Minobi of Japan. You're going to start hearing my teeth grit in a minute. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kokikano of Japan. Yeah. I'm not impressed. <laughs> Novozhilov of Estonia. Uh, Andrea Santorelli of Italy. Cimini of Italy. Quion of Korea. And uh, Yamada of Japan. So that's just about every Southeast Asian FPS is currently out. <laughs> well, no, there's a couple still, there's still to go, a couple but, to go but, but we'll, we'll get rid of them shortly. Exactly. And uh, the last one is a Redley of Hungary. Uh, last 16, Park. Park goes out. Uh, and then our man Max. I'm quite unhappy at this point, by the way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Your weekend's thoroughly ruined, yeah. even, even before the quarterfinals Indeed. get going. Marco Ficera also bowed out in the last 16. He's not really seemed to capitalise on that brief run of like, brilliance last year. I mean, he's still, you're right, in the last 16, he's great in Epi and all that, and he's mm-hmm. keeping his ranking up, but... Just about, yeah, he's just about hanging inside the top 16. Yeah. And I, I guess the old man of the group, Baz, Baz for a while in of uh, the Netherlands. Yeah, still going uh, strong. Yeah, still going strong. And in fact, he, I think he's, he is in the top 16 right he now. He is, yeah. So our quarterfinal lineups are Yannick Burrell of France. He's back. He's back. The yep. man is back. Okay, so... The man of the moment. He had, he had surgery on his wrist yes. uh, uh, almost immediately after winning the World Championships. Mm-hmm. Has had time out, missed five the, months. Yeah, five months, mm-hmm. missed, missed Heidenheim. Yep. Was there, has there been another Epi World Cup this season? Mm, Heidenheim, uh, no, doesn't has been. Okay, so he, so he wasn't quite ready for Heidenheim. Mm. Uh, so this is his return to action at, at Doha. Yeah, exactly. Because that's what you want. You want to, you want to basically be trotted out for a Grand Prix and go straight to the last eight. But anyway. Yeah. Um, and he, he was up against Edo Harper of Israel. It was, yeah. Now this is an interesting one because I looked up. I never, I wasn't particularly familiar with Harper, so I decided to go and look him up mm-hmm. and find out more about him. And he is Harper's only twenty-three. Okay, so he's literally on that cusp, senior, junior, junior, senior cusp. His previous best was actually Heidenheim. Yes, uh, he was familiar. <laughs> which is the, which is the last one, and from that he's hardly troubled the sixty-four. He has actually been doing seniors for a while. Yeah. Uh, but he's never really troubled the the sixty fours. Uh, so, but now he's top thirty two just from this result. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a couple of big results. Yeah. So, so that so a good showing there from uh, our man Harper from Israel. I guess we'll be seeing much more of him. Mm, it certainly sounds like it. Yeah. Mm. Uh, our second quarter final was. Oh, I take it he didn't win though. Oh, sorry. Apologies. <laughs> uh, uh, no, Yannick uh, defeated him fifteen twelve. So he did indeed. Yeah, it's relatively close. Our second quarter final was uh, Jacob Hoyle. I believe he's Jake Hoyle. Uh, versus uh, Roman uh, Zvishkar of Ukraine. Uh, a comfortable one here for Hoyle of the USA. This will be his second good result as well. Uh, he defeated him 15-10. Now, because Hoyle did a good job at Heidenheim, I decided to go and look him up as well. Mm-hmm. So this is this new sort of Epius bio corner? That's a, well, a new, a new well whenever, whenever, whenever I find these interests, because the reason There's I'm such doing a, this... such a revolving door of, of personnel involved in the later stages of epi competitions. That, yeah, well, uh, the fact is both Harper and Hoyle have now done well, Heidenheim and this as well. Okay, fair Suggesting enough. me that it was worth looking into who these actual people were. <laughs> um, so, because I'd, honest, I had no idea who Hoyle was other than the fact he was left-handed. But as, uh, rather like Harper, his previous best result was Heidenheim. Yeah. Uh, but he actually had uh, a bronze in the last Cuban zonal, so the North American zonal. Yeah, okay. So, so it's kind of which one? Which one do you want to go for? The bronze or the Heidenheim result? Epi at the Pan Americans mm-hmm. is not bad. Yeah, 
but resulting in Heidenheim mm-hmm. and and now here, yeah, uh, I would say we're we're bigger deals. But anyway, he was forty second going into this tournament, and the world rankings he's going to be much higher now. Mm-hmm. He uh, and he's quite young, so it's only his second junior seniors. Unlike Harper, who's actually done quite a few years now. All right, okay, uh, this is like his second time out. So I think we're going to be seeing a lot more of Jake Hill. He's another one I'm pitching yeah, for the future. One, one on the on the way up. Uh, a third quarterfinal was Julian Pereira of Spain versus Ronan Gustin of France. It was a close one, finishing 15-12 to Pereira. Pereira was another one I decided to look up because <laughs> he's he's quite an interesting guy. I, I see a passion emerging here again. Yeah, I'm not going to do all of them because uh, after this it's a bit more boring. But <laughs> I was kind of curious because he, the name was familiar but not sort of staggeringly familiar. Kind of mm-hmm. just sort of aware of him on the periphery. Previous years he had bronze at Prague. Okay. Top 32 last couple of years, but he's not really been troubling the podium. But interestingly, his dad was the last Spanish world champion, Manuel Pereira. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that was why I was like, Pereira, this name rings a bell. Where am I getting this from? Yeah. I went and looked him up. So, dad is dead. Anyway. Blame me. Yeah. So anyway, this is this is the fun fun facts thing that we're doing. <laughs> and then our last quarterfinal was uh, Nikishin versus Bida uh, mm. of Russia. And Nikishin actually quite comfortable here, 15-11. Okay. Right. So our semifinals here are... Oil versus, uh, sorry, Burrell versus Hoyle. Well, I don't know how, you descri- how we're going to describe this, but we've got Burrell has in fence for five months. You know, he's potentially the best EPS in the world at the moment. You could look at, I mean, that's inarguable. He's world champion, he's European champion. Yeah. He won whatever the last Grand Prix was at yeah. the end of the season. He won in yeah. Cali in California. I think he won the competition before that. Yeah, he's kind of on, always on the podium, we're just off it. Yeah, he had a yeah. slightly more up and down season last year, but had yeah. a really strong run of form at the end. Mm-hmm. And the year before that, he was just never off yeah, the podium. Yes, exactly, yeah. you couldn't get rid of him. Anyway, and uh, apparently a lovely chap as well. Mm. Quite. This is. It was quite a good fight, this one. Sort of Hoyle's quite an interesting little sort of left-handed epic. He's quite sort of moves around quite fast. But he's basically hitting the rock of Burrell. <laughs> so I was kind of interested in this because, you know, I was always wondering quite how recovered Burrell's been. It's been a long time since I've really seen mm. him. But he was looking really strong and smooth uh, and really, really dynamic. And I couldn't spot any sign of an injury, although apparently it's still niggling him. It's, yeah, his wrist is still heavily bandaged by the looks of things mm-hmm. when he's uh, wandering around and look at his uh, mm-hmm. Instagram posts. There's still plenty of signs that yeah. it's, it's not fully recovered. Yeah. I mean, the first period, it isn't a particularly high scoring one, but there's, you know, the score ticks over and they keep going. The last hit is a lovely six flick to leg from uh, Burrell, if I remember correctly, and it finished 2 4 to Burrell. Okay. Uh, in period two, Hoyle comes out this time, tries to take the fight to uh, to Burrell's much higher scoring round this time. Well, that's what it felt like. He's try- he was trying to pull Yannick short, so he would pressure, then release the distance, and yeah. then Burrell would see if Burrell would bite. Burrell would sometimes bite, but quite often what would happen was Hoyle would miss, but then Burrell would just hit him. And this period finished uh, 8-6, and then the last period kind of goes pretty much as before. There's an interesting video review right at the start, though, where Leroy, uh, Stefan Leroy, is is incensed because he thinks that Hoyle is deliberately hitting off the piste at one point. Mm. But it turned out, well, this is my reading of the the video review, that Burrell's beat on his blade was so heavy, was so hard, (laughs) that... uh, Smashed his his point into the floor. (laughs) Pretty much. That's what it looked like to me. It was... uh, Anyway, it was all pretty good nature, apart from Leroy losing uh, losing his calm a little bit. I don't think there's anything in it. Uh, and the actual hit was awarded anyway uh, to Hoyle. At this point, it's 7-9, and Burrell just comes back out at 7-10. There's a br- brief period when Hoyle looks like he's back in the game, sort of like 
9-11-ish. But Burrell just, just sort of calms it. And then it goes 9-12. And then after that, it just finishes 15-10. Okay. So uh, Burrell was looking pretty damn strong, if you ask me, at this yeah. point. Yes, I mean, there was no mm-hmm. um, obvious signs of frailty in the returning from injury and surgery. No. Uh, Yannick Burrell, just as usual self. Huge and terrifying as always. Yeah. I mean, he is a big guy. Yeah, he Hoyle is. looks small. Have you seen this? Hoyle looks oh, yeah, small yeah. compared to him. Yeah, I did, I did watch this. And, <laughs> uh, yeah, Hoyle actually isn't particularly tiny. No. Just standing next to Yannick makes people yeah. look tiny. Well, when you see all four of the semi-finalists standing together, it's, hmm. you know, it's like head, 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 shoulder. Yeah. Uh, and the camera goes up a little bit and you can see uh, Yannick's face. So God knows what height that actually makes him, 6'8", something like that. I, I honestly don't know. Mm. Let's talk about the more interesting semi-final, though. Nikishin versus Pereira. Right. <laughs> interesting. <laughs> it's an That's interesting fight, eh? I like, I like that description. Yeah. So the, it takes a while before we get a hit. I was actually wondering when we were going to get a hit, to be, to be actually honest, but uh, it's about 40 seconds. Remember I mentioned that the if people are really paying attention to the clock, there's about 40 seconds, 45 maybe, mm-hmm. of time then as a hit. That's exactly what we were getting here. Yeah. And Pereira takes the initial lead. Nikishin's not really able to uh, close the gap and uh, the first round finishes uh, sort of 3-4. Okay. Pretty standard epi start. Mm-hmm. Uh, period two starts pretty calm. Pereira's uh, pretty patient. Wait, wait, wait. You know, that kind of stuff. He keeps a, he keeps the distance and he, he's attempting to stop it when Nikishin thinks he's going to score. And scores a, couple, a really great under underhand hit. And then from there, he starts to open a lengthy lead and he gets to about 8-4. And then at one point, the distance is closed and then fighting gets, I don't know how else to put this, but pretty nasty mm-hmm. when the cushion basically punches Pereira in the face. Yeah, with his guard, yeah. yeah. It, it didn't look it didn't look in any doubt. Uh, no. It was a good, good solid smack yep. in the face with the guard. It's like, I've had enough of this. Stop beating me and mm-hmm. just punches Pereira in the face with the guard. Yeah, didn't look accidental, I wouldn't say. No, no. I don't think, and I don't think but, there's any love lost. Yeah. Let's put it uh, that way. And even if it was accidental, it's still smacking your opponent in the face yes. with the guard. So richly yeah. deserving of the red card that exactly. you got for it. Which, uh, so uh, well done, uh, Nikishin. Yeah. 9-4. It, it seemed as though some sort of terrible injustice had been done to him, though. Yes. Like, how dare I be beat? So comfortably. Oh, no, no. I think that at the red card and... Uh, oh, there was a bit of complaining per- about that. Pereira's reaction to getting smacked in the face, which mm-hmm. seemed uh, an entirely reasonable reaction to me. And well, Nikishin's a big bloke. Yeah, absolutely. You yeah. Know, like, they're roughly the same height, but I think Nikishin might be twice as wide <laughs> as uh, Pereira. Yeah, yeah he's, he's considerably more powerful of the, yeah. of the two. Yeah. There's another... We, the, the, the score is just basically Pereira's just keeping the score ticking over. It goes up to 12, uh, 7-12. Uh, sorry, twelve seven in favor in, in favor of uh, Pereira, and there's and yet another bad tempered exchange, and just as the ref looks like he's reaching for another card, mm. um, there's a video replay, and then the referee goes away, and there's a little bit of a discussion. It comes back, and there's no card this time, but the period ends twelve eight. Okay, mm-hmm. let's go into the last period, shall we? Yeah, let's let's, let's, and, and let's have a discussion <laughs> of the of the this kind of wonderful period of uh, exhibition of uh, high quality fencing that we're getting here. So period three opens calmly enough. I thought, well, are we going to get a an unwilling defence uh, card? Because it takes absolutely forever for anything to actually happen. I think Nikish, Nikishin's coach had a word with him said you need to calm down a little bit mm. and lengthen the distance a little bit. And Nikishin obviously takes the hint because it's a, the, it's about to be called uh, and dives in and Pereira picks him off. So now we're at 13-8. Nikishin comes in again. At uh, this time, uh, Pereira tries a bit of variation. It's a nice toe hit. It's 14-8. And, in this, and then and on the next hit, now, you're, you're six hits down. 
you've got plenty of time at this point. If I remember correctly, there's still plenty of time. You know, you're not being in this way. You've already had a card. There's a bit of close in fighting again. And this time, as Nikishin steps in, it looks like Pereira also stepped in at the same time. Yeah. There's a, what, say a two second pause. And then there's, there's a little bit of contact. A touch, like a light, a light brushing, I think, yeah. is the way we would look at it. Uh, and then after a pause, Nikishin sort of staggers back and flops. Yes, he, he did look like a man who had been struck fairly forcibly with a baseball bat in the middle of the chest. Yeah. Was, was my sort of impression. Yeah. So I thought, okay, oh, I need, need to have another look at that. Indeed. And uh, yeah, there was nothing. It was, it was nothing. absolutely it was a, nothing. An appalling piece of feigning injury. A yeah. simulation, as it would be called in, in football or mm-hmm. soccer, for which you, you get a yellow card. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> yeah. And I think, I think if the kitchen hadn't been such an idiot, mm. um, he might have had... Because I can't remember if there was a hit awarded in this one. Was there a hit awarded in that no, one? No, I don't think there was. But I mean, if there had been a hit, he could, I mean, it was just a halt at the end of the day. But he, if there had been a hit scored, if he hadn't been such an idiot, there was a chance he could keep keep control of the situation. Yeah. And it might have been. It was, it's like, he's a professional. He should know better. It was embarrassingly bad. Oh, anyway. Um, so I was not happy with Nikishin. He's getting a ticking off from me down this microphone mm. right now. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. No, you do that at a safe distance. <laughs> well, he's in another continent, so I'm quite happy. Uh, uh, I'm not going to be checking my car either. Anyway, so um, so and then there's just they, then they go back on guard. There's another there's another couple of seconds, and then Pereira just finishes them off. Yeah, I noticed that Nikisha didn't even there was no there was no shaking of the hands really. It was kind nope. of like a limp. Yeah. And I think Pereira offered and gave him a hug, a uh, kind of sort of pat, pat him on the shoulder, so yeah. consoling pat on the yeah. shoulder. And uh, Nikisha said, "No, no, I'm taking my ball." Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was um, yeah, childish and pathetic. I think is the description I would give it. Tell us I think that's. Oh, anyway, I was not impressed. No, it and wasn't. He's got form. He's done this before, you know. Yeah. Anyway, after after our exciting semi final, I was really looking forward to our men's epi final because you know. I mean, in terms of the actual fencing, the semi was quite straightforward between yeah. uh, between <laughs> the kitchen and uh, and uh, Pereira. Pereira was just better on the day. Yeah. Just get over yourself, Bogdan. Just, like, he was just better on the day. Yeah. He didn't have it. You know, he was just more accurate and faster, and that was basically what it boiled down to. Mm-hmm. Kitchen could make things happen, but if, if Pereira's just hitting you, there's not really much you could, you know, change your game. Yeah. Anyway, wasn't wasn't take it outside wasn't and gonna beat happen. Him up in the car park, whatever. Um, <laughs> I don't think we want to encourage that, do we, Gav? We're happiest, so we can take it. Anyway, uh, yeah, yeah. Anyway, we get into the final. I was quite excited about this because I thought it'd be quite interesting because Pereira's obviously annoyed the hell out of one large man. <laughs> <laughs> And you thought fancy his chances yeah, of uh, annoying another, yeah. but unfortunately, it's just a it's a straight dismantling. It was very very thorough indeed, yeah. and really at no stage whatsoever did no. Pereira look like he so, had any chance whatsoever against uh, uh, an absolutely rampant Borel. Yeah, he's just calmly just. Uh, Literally just business like getting about, and uh, the only way to put it is literally it was a dismantling. Oh, it was. It was. Uh, uh, it looked. Uh, I mean, the final scores. Fifteen it, four. Yeah, it's and it's hardly worth going into the details because no, it's not. It's just a succession of Burrell hits. Effectively, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, the only things worth noting was that I, I think after the after the first break when he's I don't know about ten hits down or something, mm-hmm. he switches from using a. a a French grip to using a, a pistol grip. He's having he's sent one of his mates off. And go and go and lend us lend us one of your eggies. Yeah. Actually, uh, just rewind that a little bit. His coach was actually standing at the side of the piece with an orthopedic in his hand before then. All right. Okay. So at one point when Pereira turned round, he was holding it and obviously ah, saying, okay. "You need to switch to an orthopedic. You need to try something else." All right. And Pereira refused at that point. All right. Uh, and I think it was uh, the, the change happened around about ten five. 
or something oh, like that. Well, oh, sorry, well, sorry 10, 10 2, I think it was. Right. And that's when it actually happened. Sorry, I don't know where I got the five from. 10 2. But I think the damage was done. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, by that uh, point, because Burrell's beats were so heavy and so, and so accurate that you can imagine I've had that. I tried French gripping for a while mm. and I've had it done to me and it's just a painful experience if yeah. someone can do that to you. So anyway, it was uh, it was interesting from just watching Burrell effortlessly, effortlessly dismantle this young upstart, yeah, and uh, say, "Well, thanks very much. I'm, I'm back, guys. Mm. Thanks for the Grand Prix win." Yes. <laughs> okay. So now, now you can give us our finish fencing podcasters uh, yes. quote because it is good yeah, and, so, and, and sums up the sums up the day pretty nicely. Yeah. So Jonas is the uh, is the is the Finnish podcaster that I mentioned. I think he's starting to run his Lithuanian, but uh, he described the the Epi event as. A few hundred Epius turn up. Yannick Burrell wins. Yeah, that's uh, how, how do you describe how do you describe men's Epi? Yeah, it was brilliant, absolutely yeah. brilliant. Yeah, yes, it was. I mean, good, good to see Burrell back, and good to see him back kicking ass. Yes, basically, thoroughly enjoyed that. On to the the second half of Doha now because it's a Grand Prix. We don't have teams, but we do have men's and women's instead. Now it's a, it's a smaller event actually compared to the men's. It's about one hundred and fifty. Yeah, that's not that's not a big number. No, uh, I was but, a bit wondering about that. But Doha is quite a long way away from where a lot of the a lot of True. the APS are. True. But we'll just do it usual. We'll just go for our, uh, our early levers. Uh, so in the last sixty four, we've got uh, Vivian Kong of Hong Kong, uh, Alina Kravitska of Ukraine, Trina Lehis of Estonia, uh, Coraline Vitalis of France, and uh, Laurence Epe of uh, of France. Uh, in thirty two, we had uh, Kang of Korea, uh, Troy of Korea. Son of China and uh, Malo of France. In the last 16, uh, Mara Navaria. It's a bit of a disappointed Navaria went out here because I quite rate her as a fencer. Yeah, it's good, good to watch. Good to watch. I'd like, like, uh, like to see her going further in this. Yeah, very powerful as well. Uh, Melissa Gorham of France, uh, Candace Amy of France, and uh, Catherine Holmes of the USA. Now that leaves us with our quarterfinal lineups of Yulia Belyayeva of Estonia. Uh, she went up against uh, Pauline Brunner of uh, Switzerland. Now, my fun facts for this one. Oh, excellent. Uh, Brunner is 24. Her previous best result was a satellite in Sofia. Okay. Yep. And now she's not a complete unknown. She finished eighth in the juniors last year. Right. So she's got, I mean, she's she, she's got some quality to her, but I, I reckon a quarterfinal in Doha is going to do her no harm at all. Yeah, indeed. Indeed. Uh, it's a comfortable one for uh, Billy Yeva here at 15.10. Okay. Our second uh, quarterfinal was Young Hyo Jung of, of Korea versus Yana Shemakina of the Ukraine. Now, does Shema, Shemakina ring a bell to you at all? Uh, no. No? Not at all. And what have I told you she was 33? Uh, still no. No? She's only the gold medal uh, women's epiest from London and has won an absolute shed load of gold medals. Okay. That... That's no reflection on her at all, and that almost entirely reflects the tiny amount of women's epi that I've watched over yeah. the last mm, quite a long time. To, to be fair, I don't. I, I'm with you on this one. The only reason I double check this was because I, I it was one of those names. I was like, "This is familiar." Like it's just young, and I've maybe heard her mentioned. I went and looked up it. No, it's because she she has been a, brilliant, a proper superstar of women's epi. Yeah, then. so she's got something like uh, seven Grand Prix wins, four World Cups. She's been a gold medal winner, obviously, at the Olympics, silver, bronze medal winner in World Championships, European Championships, member of several gold-winning teams. 
Okay, is this a is this a return to action for her or no? She has actually been fencing for quite a while. She just after she took a break after London had a couple of years where the results were there or thereabouts. There's like eights and stuff like that, uh-huh. and then just dropped away. Right. So it's really interesting to me that she just suddenly came from nowhere and has got a well feels like nowhere to me because I uh-huh. haven't spoken about her in at least two years now and went straight into the quarterfinals. Okay. Okay. So it's quite interesting. Also, uh, the, other, the other fencing fact that I got from her biography was that her coach is her husband, and they've been working together since 1997. Wow. That's, uh, that shows almost unbelievable domestic bliss. Yeah, I can't, I, personally, I can't imagine that. You know? yeah. But anyway, unfortunately for her, um, she went out 15-10 to Hyongjong uh, of Korea. Okay. Our third quarter final was Ksenia uh, Pantel Yeyeva of Ukraine versus uh, Zhu Mingyi of uh, of China. Uh, a comfortable win for uh, Pantel Yeyeva, fifteen eight. And our final our final quarter final was Violeta Kolobova against uh, Eva Trebinska of uh, of Poland. Uh, Trebinska is another one actually that's quite interesting. Oh, please don't don't expose my ignorance about no no no, 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 no. Um, <laughs> she's actually she's not uh, she's not I'm, I'm not gonna say she's old but she's not young either she's 29 she's actually been a silver medalist in Leipzig and uh, she was part of the gold medal team in the previous Leipzig European Championships okay right which was 2010 um, so she usually makes a 32 this is like another one who some sort of dropped away from the pack a little bit mm-hmm. and. Uh, a good result for her. And then, yeah, stepping up again here. Yeah. So anyway, into our semi-finals. Our first one is, is Hyo Jung up against Belia Yeva. Uh, Belia Yeva is on uh, uh, Astonishing Form. I don't know if you watched any of this. I did, yes. Did. Yeah, I watched, I watched the semi-finals. Mm-hmm. Uh, she went st- uh, Belia Yeva went straight into it with uh, two hits with hardly any time on the clock at all. Yeah, no hanging around. Yeah, there was... Uh, we like. Yeah, like. exactly. This is what we want, basically. Yeah. She was... Uh, I noticed that she was making uh, Hyo Jung uh, fall kind of fall short and she was fencing really well. Uh, lots and lots of short attacks and faster amazing. It was yeah. really, really exciting and interesting to watch. That early lead, it actually extends it to 5-2 and then goes out to 9-3. The Korean at one point changed her weapon. Did you notice? But forgot to get the ref to check it. She got a card. Oh, right. Yeah. There was a whole... So she walked off to change her weapon, didn't ask the referee and the referee was just like, what are you doing? Oh. <laughs> oops. Yeah, it's just an oops moment. At 11 seconds on, on the clock, left on the clock in the, the first period, the, the score was uh, 11-4 to Belia Yeva. It's mm. really no doubt. Yeah, it's all over. Isn't yeah, it? yeah. I mean, she tries her best in, pe- in period two to sort of bring it back, has a couple of hits, but really not, not much happens and it just it just finishes with a comprehensive 15-6. Yeah. Um, our second semi-final was uh, Kolobova versus uh, Pantel Yeva. Mm. Yeah, this was good. Yeah, this was a this was a good good old scrap, this one. Yeah, the first set went to Kolobova and was... Uh, was an immediate call to video. Did you spot this one as well? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Um, Pantaleeva obviously thought it was core core. There was a very long look. They were away for yonks, but there were no technical no technical uh, issues it, behind it, this. One. Just, they just yeah, took just, a long, hard look at it. Yeah. And eventually, it was another. Oh, there's no hit. Hmm. Basically, oh yeah, core core, no hit, and that was that. Pantaleeva opens the score one 0 one all. It's a bit slow to get started. Kolobov kind of worked out the distance, and the first period finished five uh, three. Yeah, I, I felt at the end of the. End of the first period that Kolobova had kind of got the measure of Pantelieva and was uh, becoming more and more effective with her attack and yeah. finding a way through. Mm-hmm. Well, I thought that the, the second period was was a much higher intensity start. I thought there was a bit of a break. Obviously, I guess maybe the the long video reviews kind of sapped the, the sort of the intensity of the moment, if you know mm-hmm. what I mean. And the score was evened out at uh, five all. 
And then it's all of a sudden it felt to me that uh, Kolobo kind of seemed at a loss and Pantanayeva took the lead and went up to 9-7 at one point. Yeah, I thought there was a change, a, a technical change effectively from Pantanayeva. She'd been largely defending with, uh, defending with Kenneth Seekst, yep. circle six, yep. um, in, the, in the first period. Mm-hmm. And then after the break, switched to, to using Octave and Parry 8 far more, which was yeah. much more effective, collecting the blade early, mm-hmm. driving the hit through with the opposition. And Kolobova couldn't really seem to get her head around it. No, no, not at kept, all. Kept looking to, to launch the attacks and, and getting pinned with the... With a, with a repulse. Yeah, um, I mean, it was basically pa- Pantoyeva's game and she was only engaging on her own terms. There was mm. no, didn't, there was any doubt. And in fact, I agree with you. I think Colbo just lost her head. She wasn't really able to manage it at all. And period three just continued pretty much just like the previous, the previous round. Of, uh, it just pretty much ticks over as it was previously. It was an amazing kind of, uh, octave lunge from Pantoyeva. Actually, yep. it's a, it's a, I was like agog watching it going, that was an absolutely beautiful hit. And that was that took her to thirteen nine up, and the the final score was fifteen twelve. Yeah, it was uh, it was good stuff from Pantelieva. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that use of that use of Octave having earlier used Kenneth Seeks more yeah. was a, a a game changer, which which Kolobova never really got her head round. Sure. And she's uh, a bit of a loss. Suddenly, uh, suddenly, uh, <laughs> Pantelieva was was made to look like a sort of female female Yannick in that you know sort of aggressive collection of the blade and, yeah. and hitting the opponent with mm-hmm. with it in attack and defence it was uh, attack me would you no, no you're not yeah, yeah don't do that exactly don't do that and then I thought that the final was pretty good as well so our final was uh, uh, Pantelieva versus Believa and Pantelieva took an early lead again uh, went 2-0 up mm-hmm. and I thought oh I wonder if this is going to go a sort of similar way and it kind of did because the score's just ticking over until Believa starts to get her, her head back in the game again. And then there's a, there's, there's a sort of a five all point. And then it just switches and Believa goes in the lead at that point. Yeah. Again, Believa coming up with the answer this time, um, not committing quite so much in the attacks and hitting more with, with remises and redoubles, yeah. more second intention stuff. Yeah. Which kind of forced Pantelieva to, to work harder, probably harder and, and more intensely than yeah. she, she entirely felt comfortable mm-hmm. with. And uh, it sort of left Believa looking like she, she was in control of the fight. Yeah, uh, yeah, even, yeah. Even without having a massive lead. That, mm-hmm. uh, she'd, she'd got the distance, she'd got the timing, and that it was going to be a an uphill struggle for, for Pantelieva through to the finish. Yeah, and that's that's kind of how it how it kind of played out, in fact, actually, I'd say. Because the start of the second period continued kind of the, sim- the same way. Again, it was more of the same from Believa in there. But I thought that Believa was actually managing her distance even better. And she was stepping in with some kind of interesting uh, sort of binds and cart and things like mm. this. And she was letting Pantelieva fall short. Yeah. Uh, it was actually really kind of kind of masterful sort of display of how you kind of change the game on somebody. And I think at one point, Believa was 11-6 up. Yeah, uh, so, she looked well in control, mm-hmm. as I said. It yeah. Was, uh, it was impressive. Mm. A commanding performance. Commanding performance. And it just kind of, this, the score just, just keeps her, her nose ahead and just keeps racking up the score a little bit more. She goes, uh, she goes basically up to 12-8. Final hit though uh, is actually really, 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 really lovely. Pantaneva tries for an octave as the disengaged off and there's a lovely lunge to finish her off. Yeah. It's a really, really lovely, it's a classy hit to finish with. And it's a sort of a, a nice solid uh, final at finishing 15-11 for Billy Eva. Yeah, I thought it was. Uh, I thought that the epi was good this time as well. It it was. So that's our our second senior event with the new. Oh, actually, we need to we need to update ourselves yet again. It's it's not non combativity anymore. Certainly not passivity. It's unwillingness to fence or unwillingness, unwillingness to, fence. to fight. 
Unwillingness defence, I think, is what they're okay. saying. U- U2F. U2F is uh, the, the catchy yeah, acronym. No more NC, no passivity, no, no. no non-combativity. UTF is what we're going to call it. U2F. U2F. U2F, um, yeah. We'll, got, we'll get a hang of that. So it's, it's two events. Eventually. Um, I haven't watched much of the earlier rounds yeah. in, in this event. Uh, so far, I'm, I'm actually cautiously optimistic. It's, Certainly it's, the looking, hell quite, that, it's looking quite good. The so hell far. that I thought we'd be in, it hasn't happened. No. Still early days, though. Yeah, I think I think maybe the one, that, you know, we, we sort of strongly propose that this should be a, a cultural change, that if Epi doesn't get its act together, the IOC would come crashing down on fencing with a, mm-hmm. like a ton of bricks if we don't sort ourselves out. But it turns out this, this rule change may be just what we need. The, the fencers could largely always do this. Mm-hmm. The incentives just need, needed to be strong enough. Yeah. I think the the problem with the old non-combativity rules was it was a way that incentivized the passivity of it all. Yes, indeed. Uh, and yeah. I think that's it's good that we went down this route so far. Uh, so maybe I need to be a bit more humble and just you know I'm just going to go with cautiously optimistic because at least I'm seeing fencing. Yeah, and I like the fact that I'm seeing fencing, and I'm not seeing masses of cards, which is what I was really worried about. Yes, I was really really worried that fencers would reject this and we would end up in a situation where cards would be constantly flying and it would be ridiculous. Yeah, uh, but that hasn't happened, and I'm grateful for that fact. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll we'll hold off consuming an entire portion of humble pie. Until there's a few more events, yeah, we'll, we'll maybe, you know, rather than me asking you about, well, what do we think of this uh, yeah. after every EP event, mm-hmm. uh, I'll maybe leave it alone unless something that's, you know, obviously terrible mm-hmm. has cropped up uh, as still, a result of this rule change. But yeah. uh, I think we can we can let it run now for a bit without, without mentioning it, it unless yeah. there's really good reason to do mm-hmm. so and uh, think about it again at the end of the season, yeah. whether it actually turns out to have been a, a, a stroke of genius from the mm-hmm. FIE. Well, my only is, my only caveat is. I have seen a bit more of what I was worried about. The other thing that I was worried about, which mm. is no fencing and then fencing, no fencing. And yeah. And there has been a bit of that now. So I'm a bit worried that this is the direction we could end up going in once people get their heads around the rule. Uh, anyway, but that's that's for the future. One other thing we were going to mention was there was some strange things said about the country of Estonia mm, yeah. over the course of uh, the women's epi. And I thought we would have, as as I've been doing all the way through this sort of run rundown through Doha, we'd have a quick chat about fun facts about Estonia. Well, I've, I knew we were going to do this. Uh, uh, no, no, no. Uh, you, so you've, you've, you've got some fun facts. Apparently. I have. I have prepared some mm-hmm. interesting facts about Estonia because, yep. uh, as you say, the the, the depth of knowledge about a uh, hugely successful fencing nation, mm-hmm. uh, particularly uh, particularly in AP, uh, seemed a bit a bit short in the ground um, yes. when watching the watching the live stream of this. About seventies would be the way I would have put it. Uh, maybe so. Yeah. Maybe so. So, fun fact number one about Estonia. Okay, um, help me with it, Sean. The, the ratio of females to males in Estonia is only 84 males to every 100 females. I did not know that. Yep. I didn't know that either, but I do now. Interesting. Fun fact number two about Estonia. Mm-hmm. It's one of the least densely populated uh, nations in Europe, with only 28.4 people per square kilometre. There's only about three countries in Europe that are uh, less densely populated. Right. That. Okay. Yeah. That's there's not very many people in Estonia. There's not very many people. Only one point three million people yeah. in Estonia, in fact. Not yes. not thirty seven as was suggested in the commentary. <laughs> yeah. And they have a lot of room to move around. Indeed. And it's a beautiful country. Yeah, mm-hmm. indeed. Now a slightly grimmer statistic with it with this one for fun fact, which is not such 
Not fun quite fact. so much, but a fact. A fact, a yeah. fact. That uh, 7.3% of Estonia's population uh, died during the Second World War. Which is uh, a sad fact. And if you think about it, it's because they were basically on the front line. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, a huge chunk of a, a country's population wiped out mm-hmm. wiped out by a conflict. Yep. A more fun fact and a more, a more buoyant one mm-hmm. is that uh, Estonia has one of the highest literacy rates in the world amongst adults, 99.8%. Latvia apparently has an even better literacy rate and slightly suspiciously self-reported uh, North Korea. Wait a minute. So if, if Latvia is better, it's like ninety nine point nine. I would guess so. So they have a, they must have a couple of people who are literate somewhere that they keep out for stats purposes, obviously. <laughs> uh, and the North Korea, I bet, is a hundred percent. Well, again, I've not f- entirely followed up this bit of uh, a bit of information. I'm guessing, but that would be my sneaking suspicion. Because yeah, I'm guessing the glorious leaders. Uh, Educational reforms have been an amazing success. It certainly sounds like it. Um, I have one last fun fact of Estonia. Mm, they okay. are the, uh, the first country in the world to go almost completely. I said completely earlier, but I'm sure there's, there are exceptions, but uh, the, their entire civil service is run digitally. Yeah. Um, the fifth fact that I was storing up was that they, they were certainly the first country in the world mm. uh, to adopt online voting. Yes. Uh, back but it's in- far more in-depth than that. Back in when did I say that was two thousand and five? Yeah, but it's actually because I because this is in my other life I do tech. They were the first country to really adopt a digital civil service. Mm-hmm. It's a really interesting case study that other people have been looking at because um, they basically couldn't afford to run their civil service on paper anymore, so they took the took the plunge and everything is now online. You do everything online with the yeah. Estonian government, and they've they've managed it very successfully. The only country in the world to have managed it. But yeah, it's a very interesting thing. Yeah, it's impressive stuff from the comparatively tiny and not very populous Estonia mm-hmm. and more huge success for them yes. in the fencing world as well. Yeah, I'll have to go and visit them at some point. Yeah. So that, that, draw, that draws our fencing to a close. Yeah, busy weekend of uh, with a, an awful lot of fencing to watch and, and it was mostly rather glorious. Mm-hmm. Obviously the highlight, Richard Cruz. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not in the kitchen punching someone in the face. Uh, well, that was, well, no, it was probably a little further down the list, actually. <laughs> but yeah, lots lots of tremendous action and um, plenty more to come soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Recording this on Friday evening, uh, after the, the weekend that we've just been talking about, mm-hmm. only one Senior World Cup this weekend, Men's Sabre in Warsaw, mm-hmm. uh, but then a flurry of action against the following weekend with, oh, I can't remember what all there is, Turin, mm-hmm. Foil Grand Prix, uh, and I'm sure there's a couple of others. I'm going to be wee sunning myself, though. I know. So, uh, That's sad for you. I, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's terrible, really. Yep. So we'll have a whole load to talk about for our, our next episode. Excellent. Uh, whenever we, we reconvene. Mm-hmm. Our our Italian stringer is uh, scouting out more, more interviews for us. So mm-hmm. th- thank you to Ariana, and we look forward to, to hearing from her again very soon. Indeed. Uh, don't forget to follow us on all the all the social medias. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're on Facebook and Twitter. And, oh, what? Coolest Fencer. I'm going to have a Coolest <gasps> Fencer. Oh, no, that's a good point. Oh, how did I forget that? Uh, I don't know. Now, normally, <laughs> our previous form, mm-hmm. whenever we've been discussing a competition where Richard Cruz has won, mm-hmm. he would automatically be, be voted our Coolest Fencer on the planet. Now, I don't want to entirely break with tradition here, but let's consider the alternatives. Pretty much 
all the winners except Derek Lasova <laughs> would be <laughs> would contenders. be worthy worthy contenders for for coolest fencer on the planet. Sorry, Ina, but Cecilia Berdas, very exciting fencer, charismatic and likable, mm-hmm. uh, and she did a lovely interview for us a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Believa made a thoroughly good job of winning the the Grand Prix in Doha. She, she did look genuinely amazing. I she thought. certainly did, mm-hmm. and and she comes from Estonia, which we now know. A little bit more about indeed. That's going to be a a further plus point for mm-hmm. her. Burrell is the Terminator. He Yannick returns. Yeah, he absolutely will not stop. He has no no sense of regret. Yes, he went no off looking back. Went off to surgery with a with mm-hmm. a, a comment of "I'll be back." Indeed, and indeed he is. Indeed, yes, he wants your uh, your boots, your jacket, and your gold medals. <laughs> yes, yeah, he's certainly, he's certainly got the gold medals. So that's 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 a, a more difficult decision. Mm, indeed, what's what's your feeling on this? Well, I really admire Burrell. I don't make any bones about it these days. Mm-hmm. I do really admire him. But you know me, I'm really fickle. I'll admire someone else next week. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, there'll be some some Korean that we've never heard of. Exactly. Will, will turn up and do something fantastic. Or a Japanese fencer will, you know, win the, yeah. win the world, you, world nah, juniors. And... Nah is where it's going to be, right? The Korean nah, that's where it's going to be. Okay. But, but, in the, but in the meantime... But in the meantime, I don't think Burrell can be our coolest fencer on the planet because, well, we've had him before mm-hmm. and the sort of the, the, the sheer sense of inevitability and the fact that he'll pull your spine out through your throat kind of... I, I don't know. I don't that know. makes him less cool. No, it makes him very cool yeah. and, and slightly terrifying, even though he's yeah. a really lovely, lovely person. But. Yeah, certainly seems to be. I mean, certainly when, when he's all smiling and charming afterwards, mm-hmm. you know, it's, oh, well, yeah, isn't Yannick lovely? See when he's just hit somebody and rips his mask off and gives <laughs> that a big roar, though? Yeah. That... That, that's unnerving. It is unnerving. Uh, that's unnerving when I'm watching it on a on a computer screen. Um, yeah. If you're standing at the other end of the piece, or we're still just right next to him, that must be. That's not fun. Hang on a second. Reconcile the Burrell that's roaring mm. with Burrell playing with his kids because mm. his social media's got lots of pictures of him and his his misses and his kids. Right. And uh, it's kind of like so sweet. But wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> so sweet. Yeah. 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 Okay. So I don't know. I don't know. I do like Burrell a lot. Uh, I, I do like the fact that Burdere has uh, won something and it was quite quite good to watch. I quite enjoyed mm-hmm. it. I did quite enjoy it. So I don't know. And obviously Richard Cruz, who's now world number one. Mm. Are you want to you want to just go for it? Do you want to just say Richard Cruz is, the, is our coolest fencer? Oh, yes. Okay, okay. okay. He's world number one. He's made history. We can let him off with it. Yeah. So it's, he's not our coolest fencer on the planet for the first time. But, you know, it's yet another small accolade to add to his... There's many accolades. His, his many accolades. Mm-hmm. So, uh, once again, our coolest fencer on the planet is Richard Cruz. Well done, Richard. Well well, well done, and a thoroughly, well done. Uh, a thoroughly good week or so. Right. Oh, yes, what I was saying before... Let's uh, sign off then. Yeah. Oh, no, social medias. Social medias, okay. Yeah, Twitter, Facebook, uh, uh, Instagram. Instagram, email. You can email us at thefencingpodcast at mm-hmm. gmail.com. Uh, we are... Fencing podcast on Twitter. Yep, um, we have. Uh, we we know the guys in Finland now. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Try not to get the two of us confused. Indeed, because we have similar names. Obviously, we're the fencing podcast on Facebook. We have our own website, fencingpodcast.com. Uh, just get in touch. Yeah, nice. we're everywhere. Yeah, we're everywhere. We're absolutely everywhere. Everywhere you look. Yep, and uh, yeah, we'll be back here again shortly. Neat. Until then, goodbye. Bye. Bye.